0: Mike,
1: Mike and Oscar and the Oscar goes to the to the race We're back welcome once again of Mike Mike and Oscar an Oscar race checkpoint coming at you uh, as we're going to be doing these more and more often as we get into the summer and summer somehow feels like it's almost done because we have all these award-winning contending or should be contenders I say trailers dropping now it's getting me in the mood for fall getting me in the mood for the Oscars race I am your co-host Mike one this is co-host also Mike yeah we got a couple Oscar contending trailers to start
0: this one off today and it's good that that happened because We were going to dive like face first into like a fake Oscar race checkpoint today, but we actually have some Oscar stuff
1: now. (laughs) Yeah. We're going to talk about the trailers for Amsterdam for the woman King. We're going to talk about minions mania, which has just swept the nation akin to what the Beatles did in the 1960s. We got a box office update talking about how Top Gun won't die. We're going to talk about Bifa and the updating that they're doing with their awards previewing Thor love thunder. And oh my God, one last time before it debuts a lot of stuff here in this oscar race checkpoint but like you said we have legitimate contenders or we think they will be contenders to deal with our first look at david o russell's amsterdam dropped this morning on the 6th michael yeah,
0: coming to theaters
1: November 4th
0: from 20th Century Studios. That's Disney, Christian Bale, John David Washington, Margot Robbie, Chris Rock, Robert De Niro, Michael Shannon, Anya Taylor-Joy, Mike Myers, Timothy Oliphant, Matthias Schonard, Zoe Saldana, Taylor Swift, and Raleigh
1: Malik or Raleigh Rale- Rale- Malek. Raleigh Malek would be a good name for him, too. Raleigh Fingers. Malik. Raleigh Fingers Malek. <laughs> Raleigh with the mustache. Uh, do you have a SAG card? Have you been the lead in something over the last <laughs> decade and a half? Then you too can be in this movie two soldiers and a nurse found ourselves in Amsterdam oh he said the title of the thing in the trailer (laughs) he did we formed a pact (laughs) we swore to protect each other no matter what no matter what speaking is going to be a thing for both of us Mike's today (laughs) and then we have this murder accusation plot that unfolds from there in this trailer so I really love that they went with a story first trailer
0: here it's something that I had hoped the gray man would have done because Mm. that's like this hugely expensive property that they The
1: gray man went bullet first in their trailer <laughs> they went bullet first but
0: here we got story first so it's cool that we get a plot and we get a lot of fun character moments along the way but mostly mike we get this premise that is explained and the premise they release today is set in the 30s it follows three friends who witness a murder become su- suspects themselves and uncover one of the most outrageous plots
1: in american history so they dabble with this in the trailer. They say some of these things are real, essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, did Ryan Johnson with Knives Out open the floodgates for studios to re-embrace the whodunits and the noir mysteries? Yeah, I think so. I, the, the Knives Out was a huge hit. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we've gotten more of those types. There's two of my favorite genres, so I'm tickled about it, but it, it, I feel like we've gotten more of those types of movies in the last two years than we did in the previous decade combined. However, I don't know if we're wondering
0: who did it, because I think, Timothy Oliphant did it. Dunn did it. I think it's
1: confirmed, or no? You think so? Or he's just a hitman. He's the muscle for the guy who did who did it. Could be a misdirect. I don't know. I I I, I, I don't, I'm not sold on Oliphant yet. Could be because he's so damn charming, and I have a man crush on him, and always have. Now this is supposed to take place in the '30s. Did you get any Night
0: at the Garden vibes? Remember that short film that we had to watch oh, in geez, 2017? Terrifying. The film. rally. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Scary. So I think this is in New York, but I'm not sure. I get a lot of Fargo on FX vibes, so I'm not sure where it's being it's taking place. But I do know that a bunch of our favorite actors, like you said at top, the show are playing character parts in this.
1: Chris Rock opening the trailer. We both had him being on the oscar stage in our 100 percent way too early oscars predictions episode do you get anything from his performance in this trailer that makes you think ah i'm on the right track here i i want to be
0: i want to i want to proclaim as much he's being funny in the trailer so it's yeah, chris he's... rock doing chris rock stuff uh excuse me you got a dead white man in a box not even a casket a box that doesn't <laughs> even have a top on it in a pine box of old wood who do you think's gonna get in trouble here that's it's a great opener <laughs> it's funny and uh it sets up the whole trailer and the tone right. of it
1: so uh this is winning best picture that's my
0: assessment Yeah, maybe. Look, I think they've sunk a ton of resources in it. Obviously, Twentieth Century knows what they're doing. Uh, The the tagline: a lot of this actually happened, and the premise is hinting at like a larger whatever conspiracy thing that it's going to hit on true events. So I'm trying to think at like is that World War One that these three became friends in Amsterdam during 1914 to 1918, and I guess. 30s is 15 20 years later obviously the de-aging is not all martin scorsese here but <laughs>
1: <laughs> well if you're talking about a, a film taking place in the 30s if it's you know if it is the late 30s if it is a night at the garden uh type era then yeah. you you could have some kind of tie-in with hitler's rise to power there it wouldn't surprise me look i i'm rooting for this movie because of the cast involved david yeah. o russell is a
0: much more uh, difficult figure to come to grips with yeah. right now i mean he's he's either just a jerk and that's a nice way to put it on set or he's much worse than that based on some
1: allegations from the past 20 years well that's always been his mo right he's 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 not been the most beloved uh director and auteur to work with and we've had video evidence and stories and secondhand comments and all this any ranging from questionable to bizarre to outright heinous stuff coming out about him and when we talked about this movie in our oscars preview shows That was my biggest what if type thing. I mean, I think this movie could do well, but he's going to have to withstand this onslaught of negativity. And yes, film Twitter isn't necessarily the real world. But the entertainment world at large, it's not like David O. Russell is not a known entity at this point.
0: Well, just today, I mean, we saw a lot of backlash for this trailer, a lot of backlash Mm -hmm. to this movie. So talking as Oscar pundits here, we got to acknowledge as much. How much does that factor in? And uh, we're always kind of analyzing that. So not the position we want to be in necessarily. We want to just enjoy movies,
1: good or not. Uh, But Jesus, I mean, there's a lot of smoke here. Just keep your mouth shut, David. (laughs) Let this play out. I would not comment on anything if I were him.
0: All right, let's talk about The Woman King. Uh, this trailer comes from Sony. They've done a nice job cutting trailers of late. I've, I've praised them uh, for everything, maybe except for Lyle Lyle Crocodile that I refuse to incorporate. <laughs> uh, but Viola Davis, Lashana Lynch, uh, Tuso Mbedu, uh, John Boyega, Jamie Lawson, and uh, of okay. course, co written and directed by Gina Prince Bythewood of Old Guard.
1: Michael, this trailer, I, it gave me goosebumps. This is a well cut trailer. This movie is also winning Best Picture. That's my assessment. Yeah, this, this trailer was great. Viola Davis, actually, I looked it up. Uh, uh, the sites I usually go to don't have updated odds yet, so I went to a couple other books. Uh, she's sitting pretty routinely with the third best odds for lead actress right now at wow. plus five fifty. $5.50. Uh, $1 uh, invested in her if she were to win gives you $5.50 of profit in return. That's the third best lead actress odds uh, behind Kate Blanchett and Michelle Yeoh right now. Wow. So
0: that's a great sign, especially mm-hmm. for a September movie. I wonder if that's a recency thing that uh, Vegas likes to do to us. Yep,
1: I'm sure it is, and I'm sure Michelle Yeoh is too. As a matter of fact, even though I think she'll be contending because that movie has had legs, everything everywhere all at once. Yeah, well,
0: more on that to come. But look, you you got to strike the right balance for trailers uh, like this in The Woman King. We've we've seen action movies kind of rub us the wrong way eg the gray man bringing that up again unfortunately sorry netflix (laughs) because they've cut a lot of good trailers as well hell i think they cut a much better trailer for blonde than they did for the gray man yeah that's a good point but that's a good point you got to show enough of the action without showing all of it you got to show snippets Uh, From the training, maybe from Act 1, early Act 2 stuff, you're trying not to show the big set pieces in Act 3. Maybe they showed us the beginning of the finale, but it does seem like a lot of this is the training, spinning takedowns, and the coordinated leaping aerial assaults with the spears and stuff of kind of the beginnings of, of things, not the ends.
1: Yeah, so the vibe I got from this trailer was that we're basically getting the story akin to The Patriot from back in the day with the presentation of Black Panther you have these tribal warriors fighting this battle that's based on history but with these hyper cinematic fights against the beats of hip hop and a badass soundtrack in the background mm-hmm. yeah i mean the
0: the patriot actually had a sound story structure to it even though it was like joe america kind of thing but uh, mm-hmm. it did kind of it, it didn't kind of work it worked it became quite the quite the hit at the time you remember that as much as i do and mm-hmm. and yeah though this one gets the goosebumps on the back of your neck going you get your you're roused by the battle scenes and yeah i think we get glimpses of this best lead actress performance from viola davis oh, yeah. even though it's very it's very disciplined and nuanced where she's she's intense she's a block of granite here and, and for her to still somehow be Viola Davis through that facade and veneer. I just, I loved it, what I saw. Yeah, the
1: best actresses, the best acting performances to me is when you can be an A-list actor or actress, and I don't recognize you because i do lose you so much in the character you're portraying basically whatever the opposite of what tom hanks did in elvis right without Uh, any
0: makeup and just like (laughs) working out like she just worked out really really hard and i mean she just
1: looks like a total badass in this and it doesn't look like anything i remember seeing viola davis look like previously and
0: look i i don't know if i'm the one that should be talking about cool music but <laughs> Beyonce's "My Power" that is the perfect song for this trailer. I think I listened to this song on YouTube for an hour after the trailer dropped, just on mm. loop. I just kept hitting the the circle with an arrow button uh, again and again and again.
1: There's a, uh, a a word of warning about this, not as you know seriously as the David O. Russell because of his one to one involvement with his picture, but. Talking to, I I know I brought this up previously, but my brother Schmave, he's a history teacher, and he obviously studied up on this thing. And there is this a controversial pass with the Dahomey nation uh historically and that they they were heavily involved with the slave trade and bringing that over i wonder if any of that fallout is going to attach itself to this movie i wonder if the movie's going to address the darker side of what may have been going on back then as well uh, or if this is just going to be a purely you know protect our land from the invaders plot like we kind of got the look at and the glimpse at in this trailer
0: Yeah, I have no idea. I have no idea at all. So, all right, we'll be on the lookout then. Uh, Let's continue with some awards news. We'll kind of fuse this into a box office update and then do some more awards news. But, Michael, the British Independent Film Awards, otherwise known to us American Twits as BIFA, has changed their acting awards to go with
1: five gender-neutral categories. Yeah, not to be confused with the uh, fantastic BIFA's and where to find them that we keep talking uh, about you and my father went this for it. weekend nonstop just, went for it. just uh i have no regrets i got to be honest jokes. with you i feel good about that one yeah, jokey jokes that yeah. one landed well with me it's a, uh. it's a deep
0: it's very you because it calls back to something mm-hmm. obscure very
1: niche the obscure Roman in our history j is a long time listener to have any idea yeah
0: esquire episode right. probably like maybe 75 episodes in <laughs> I went off on a tangent. That, fantastic beefs. And you had a giggle fit. It was, I, one of the few times I really tickled yeah. your funny bone, made yeah, you laugh. And good.
1: And, uh,
0: yeah, this is and the callback. I have
1: held to tight it. to that, like, grim death. Yeah. Uh, it's, anyway.
0: It's good to see that, you know, the few times I've delighted you as <laughs> as a friend. You've, you've clung that to those. That was funny. No, it just tells me that, you know, you hold your grudges, but you also hold your... Your joy close to the close to the best. I,
1: I appreciate it. I had a wood shop teacher that said, I'm an Italian elephant. I never forgive, but I never forget. He was speaking about himself saying that. that was, all right. I like that. That's good. I mean, you, I'm never going to use it now. I'm I'm right, you're use welcome. It. <laughs> that one's free. Anyway, back to beef is here. Uh, gender neutral acting categories. Uh-huh. So this has been a trend lately. In the movie sphere, the MTV Movie Awards have done this. The Brit Awards hopped on this trend this year, and now the Beefers are doing it. Uh, Gender-free award categories have been more prevalent in the music space, in the music industry. Australia's ARIA Awards have been without them since last year. The Grammys put their uh, gendered categories for best male vocal, pop vocal performance, that type of category, They've done without those for the last decade already. They put them away, I think, in 2012. was the last. 2011 was the last time they had them. They mm-hmm. stopped doing them in 2012. But this idea has slowly been permeating its way to the prestige film awards side. I mentioned the MTV Movie Awards did it. The Gothams did it. And now the Beefers are going to do it as well, standing alongside those two.
0: I think it's eventually going to take over. And you guys know, if, you're li- if you've listened to us for a while, we are not traditionalists in this sense, Mm -hmm. where we got to hold to certain categories. Shocking. We might be progressives. If you've listened to our (laughs) How to Fix the Oscars shows, for sure, Mm -hmm. of late. And, yeah, I believe that the Gotham Awards, back when they announced this... You know, two years ago, uh, they were on the right track and they had, you know, they had an interesting award show kind of confirmation of this last year. So the question is, did it work for the Gothams? Because they had a tie in lead, outstanding lead performance between Olivia Colman and Frankie Faison. So is that like cheating with that tie there? They ended up picking Troy Kotzer and Amelia Jones and supporting in Breakthrough, both from Coda, but... I I, I want to see this like play out over a couple years and work over a couple years, and if it works on the small scale, much like we've seen a lot of new rule changes in sports league tested out in their mm-hmm. development leagues first, uh, and it co- used, used to happen like in college football before you know the pros and college sports yeah. anyway. We've seen breakthrough categories, you know, a lot of them from the E.E. Rising Star on through the season be gender neutral. And I do think we're going to eventually classify these categories differently in the future. Uh, I also want to praise Bifa for actually innovating uh, with one particular category coming up, Mike.
1: Yeah. So that's my question, too. Will it get to Oscars? And if it does, I, I, I have a similar concern that you're kind of hinting at there. I, I would love a way to do this without sacrificing the recognition for as many performances as we have. Right. And Beefers kind of has a, a way to reconcile this. Uh the new performance categories are best lead performance, best supporting performance, best joint lead performance for mm-hmm. two or ex- exceptionally three performances that are the joint Wait. focus of the film. Right, yep. Fine, Okay, two or three. You, you should specify that, but go ahead. Well, it's, it's what it said. I'm, I'm no, stuff no, not you, article.
0: but uh, BIFA should specify okay. two or three <laughs> performances. It's a big difference, people. They want
1: to find a way that they, they're already working a way to get to acknowledge uh, David O. Russell's next film coming up. Oh, That's what God. I read from that. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> Beefless. And Best Ensemble, which will also be uh, in there, beefus established Breakthrough Performance Award, sponsored by Netflix, remains unchanged and rounds out the new set of awards. That final award has always been gender neutral. That again, from the Hollywood Reporter article. So... Would making Oscar categories gender neutral be more palatable to us, Mike, if an award such as Bifa's Best Joint Performance or something akin to SAG's Best Acting Ensemble were introduced as a replacement Oscar category?
0: Well, first of all, please never refer to it as Best Joint Performance again because that sounds like it belongs (laughs) at the Porn Awards or whatever those are, but the Pornies. Which we should also cover, if we're being honest. We probably should cover them, but uh,
1: we're not a generic. The Pornies? I don't know. What are they called? (laughs) I don't know. The AVNs, I think they're pretty well established. That's that's like the big one, I know. Okay. Um, the bi- <laughs> maybe they're called the pointies in the industry. I, I'm surprised joint is in the
0: title. Joint lead performance. Like, just say best performance by a duo or something. Best two performance, best combination of performance. Prefer- well, I think that exa- is exactly why they don't do that, because they want to have the wiggle room to acknowledge three. Yeah, I get the fact that you leave these categories somewhat vague, best achievement in sound <laughs> i get that academy and they want these awards to be less and more prestigious you know in terms of the academy awards we know uh-huh. this by now we know they're not going to spread out to where they can give everybody everywhere an oscar they want this thing to be rare and right. and hard to get they're gonna play hard to get at the Academy for a while. I don't think that's gonna change. Our dreams of having more Oscar categories is probably not gonna happen. If anything, they'll, you know, you'll get a di- addition and subtraction. So what I like about this is I think if the Oscars somehow changed, you know, the t- the two gendered leads and supportings into four other categories, well, a, a duo is a is a strong. Step forward here, like you see a lot of two-handers out there, mm-hmm. and you can always pick two of the lead performances because there's usually a conflict between lead actors in almost any movie. So you could pick that, and even ensemble pieces. This makes sense down the line as at least a test case worth looking at. So I just, you know, tip my hat to the beefas. You know, this is an this is actually a category that might have some legs down the line. Will I ever? think the Oscars are gonna go the ensemble route? No. Again, because I think they want these, you know, Oscars to be hard to come by. So they're not gonna give everybody every actor in a movie an Oscar, you know, if they win best ensemble like the Sags do. But are we going gender neutral? I think we're going there someday. And yes, I think you gotta figure out a way to find four categories out of this. And maybe mm. a duo is a way to do that. Maybe that's three now. Lead supporting and
1: duo. In lieu of uh in lieu of of uh, an ensemble oscar category i'd rather see casting get its own category i would like
0: casting but i think we just had a casting director as the academy president if it was going to happen it probably it's it's not going to happen. happen i agree
1: yeah. i agree i would like to see it but i don't think it's going to happen anytime soon right what does this do for supporting category if you go down this line right of you're going to have a best duo category, which I'm not necessarily against. It's just going to be interesting to see the backlash or the ripple effect that would have on the supporting categories, the category fraud arguments that we deal with every year. Can you be nominated in the best duo category and a supporting category? Can you only get one? Nom- I mean, there's all kinds of stuff that would have to be figured out as in terms of a, a ripple effect coming from implementing something like that.
0: Well, I think that's great for precursor action. I love it because again, it's more yeah. categories going into less. It's weirder, different categories going into more traditional ones, which I hope happens in the upcoming seasons because I think that keeps the winners at the Oscars in question, which is the biggest thing. You got to make this more unpredictable. The, coron- I agree with that. the coronations are great when you have the star power and you have the public wanting to see such a coronation. Otherwise. It's not the best, you know, for, for ratings. So there, and I, it's not the best thing to cover. I mean, we want to be in doubt. We want to be delighted and surprised more often. I would say, I mean, we get involved in the coronations a little more because we get to know these, these performers a bit, I think in covering it year round. So I think we're, we're happier in that regard, but I think the general public isn't
1: look at what you did this past year, right? You went 20 for 20 in the major categories that we cover, but they were all favorites. I think. Uh,
0: I think this has been happening a lot. I think from yeah. Brad Pitt. You know, since we've been doing this, we've seen a lot of coronations, and that's because you get, other than the the
1: Globes having
0: comedy or musical and drama,
1: you which basically I don't get, want to see on the Oscar stage.
0: By neither the way. do I. But you get basically you you get one way of breaking it up breaking it up with comedy or musical and having too many categories you can go the ensemble route but th- this is actually an innovative way to do it i still think they need like one more category but best duo i agree it's a fun oscars puzzle at the end of the day if this did become a part of the academy awards to say yeah best duo how does that take away from the lead performances or is it, if it's a lead and supporting does, does, do they win the duo and the
1: supporting actor does the same person win both right can you be nominated like how how a single actor can't be nominated multiple times in one category i mean what you would cause a headache and i and never mind my god the social media uproar from having the woke oscars become more woke because they god forbid drop the gendered categories and the backlash they'd have that ridiculous backlash that would inevitably happen
0: yeah unfortunately we're a ways off
1: but it's just it's a a smarter way to cut it up i think
0: and classify it i think you can go one-to-one on protagonist performances or antagonist performances or mentor performances i would love to put it in all screen that's the best way to go mike
1: yeah screenwriter best performance by a protagonist been best performance by an antagonist that makes sense to me because those roles are
0: typical and you can see you can compare and contrast that that's typically when we do our our acting breakdowns and our category overview pods that's how i've compared and contrasted some some performances so i would like it to become that eventually go more of the uh you know classification on 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 the types of characters we have like we've seen mentor heroes celebrated a, a lot lately like look Cameo performance—I don't think that's necessarily a strong enough, you know, category. I know they do it at the Emmys, but the Emmys is a tip in that category. It's typically a star-studded category at the Emmys, where you have whether it's you know like a revival character
1: just coming back a returning character. Well, the Emmy, yeah, the Emmys are completely—I I don't think you can compare. Apples to apples with Emmys and Oscars ever because but it, the primetime Emmys do have a cameo performance
0: category is what I'm saying but they you have to right no no I, I I
1: get that yeah, yeah you're right but you're if right, you're
0: doing you're right. size like lead supporting duo cameo I don't think that's strong enough I think you're strong with three of the four like right now you got four strong winners no matter what lead supporting lead supporting you're that's what the Oscars want at the end of the day right. I think if they changed it up. I don't know. I yeah, think you, the duo You have to has figure out potential. a way to,
1: to change it up and keep it yeah. as prestigious.
0: Right. The duo mm-hmm. though, this could be fun. Uh, and I'm very curious to watch that going forward because especially if and I think it would be wise if Bifo would disallow you know dual nominations across the two and force you force them to pick different actors actors actresses involved, that that could be fun.
1: I don't know, or maybe not. Maybe the opposite. I'm so of that. torn on think? that because, like, so so. What do you? Where's the cutoff? I mean, if you have, again, I want more winners than maybe right, other but, people. But I'm, I'm just talking strictly about if you know, keeping people keeping performances from being nominated in multiple categories. If you have something like best duo, because what if you have a, a a duo that's one is so much better than the other, then you only consider them for the best lead performance. Like This needs to
0: happen eventually at like the Critics' Choice Awards for it to really become a part of of the conversation for the oscars i think it's got to trickle up i guess but if it happened at the bifas or the gothams where you cannot be nominated in duo and in leader supporting i think that's what they want anyway they want to award more people so why don't they just make that a rule and then you have this fascinating nomination process where Who's going in, in tandem, you know, who's putting themselves up in tandem and who's putting themselves up for or
1: supporting? I don't know. I think I'd almost rather want it to be included in multiple categories, because if you have if you keep lead and supporting and then have a duo category, you could always have the storylines where, like, one movie, one lead and didn't win supporting the other movie, one supporting and didn't win lead. But they were nominated right. in both categories. Then you and have puzzle versa.
0: puzzle theory right. in a way, right. which I mean, it
1: makes for better conversations, but. I understand your point, too, that you see spreading the love out more and it gets recognition of more films, which isn't always what we're striving for.
0: Well, we seed it last year with uh, with uh, certain films getting... Well, in Power of the Dog, it got uh, three actors nominated, mm-hmm. right, at the SAG Awards, and then it did not get Ensemble. Right. You know, so this this happens all the time. These debates happen all the time during the nominating process, and it kind of just shakes out regardless. So, again, maybe you put... A lot of weight behind the duo, and then you don't nominate the the two leads, perhaps. I don't know. Or maybe the movie's strong enough to get all three nominations. Again, fun to analyze for us.
1: Yeah, going to be fun, too, to follow and see how BFA does end up handling it and what their rules are, and we'll stay on top of it as best we can. We can move on to a box office update and, I mean, Minion. Minion mania. Minions everywhere, right? I actually ran out to the theaters yesterday uh, just on a whim went sat down saw Minions walked in 25 minutes late Nicole Kidman still wasn't even on the screen yet Um, the previews are better than the movie but it's still just I mean it's a Minions movie it's fun and it's charming and in a room full of parents with their kids I may have been the only one laughing
0: you're not going to get off that easy that is not your only review I demand answers to a great many questions here that I took a long time to write for you so number one yeah, you referred to the fact that you just kind of left on a whim and watched the movie right. during the 4th of July break. Did you take did. did you take no. your niece or nephew? Absolutely not. <laughs> this was
1: Uncle Mike's time. <laughs> so did you take stock in your entire life's choices while sitting it's there always, by yourself? It's always so difficult to review these kids and family movies because I'm a 35-year-old man that walks into these theaters with a giant beard, just alone. <laughs> Did you have candy first? I had a, nothing. I
0: had a bottle of water. That was it. So it's not even like you numbed yourself by nah. grazing on popcorn, just dead. Because I just picture you with a dead face. I just picture kids running around, just like throwing <laughs> shit at you. And you just like just dead eyed, watching the minions, just eating candy. Can I wondering be wondering about like, your
1: whole life? Can 100% honest, Mike? It was, I was taking stock of myself it was the most excited i was for a movie in a long time <laughs> I'm, not, I'm i'm like that's not a joke that's not me being funny for the po- I was so excited to watch the movie
0: because <laughs> my next question was is this was it rock bottom or do you plan to sink lower but i guess i guess you just answered that all right all right this next you know line of questioning is very important to uh-huh. a lot of people not just me right any gentle minions there <laughs> besides yourself did you wear a suit for this thing? I should have. Apparently that's a thing. Apparently teenagers if yeah. you go and you're a teenager and you're a young man, you could wear a suit. And a young lady supposed to dress up as a minion. And then I just learned that apparently there were mosh pits at the front of the stage. And some theaters out- outlawed it because all the boys, all the kids, were, all the teenagers who grew up on yeah. this stuff. Because Despicable Me has been a thing since, what, 2010, 20, 2009 or whatever. Yeah. They all grew up on this. So they're all having mosh pits in mm-hmm. the front of the, every theater.
1: <laughs> uh, there was a mosh pit at the front of my theater, but I was the only one partaking. Okay. It was just me jumping. Just you with a minion doll
0: or just, you know, just you jumping. Um, <laughs> so, all right. But look, it. do you have any idea if a gentle minion is friend or foe? <laughs> any idea? Do, like, are these people going to, you know, be the 1% someday?
1: Are they? I, I think TikTok has a lot of power is what I think about the gentle minions <laughs> and the moshmit craze because the kids that i work with were
0: talking about it all last week and they were laughing hysterically. Oh, did you not listen to Bill Simmons? I did. I did yeah. listen to some of it with his daughter, but she seems kind of she seems like she doesn't get it though. She doesn't get the full <laughs> weight and breadth of this. Like i'm wondering, are these kids going to take over the world someday and what does that mean? These yeah. gentle minions.
1: Yeah. We're in good hands. The future's in good hands. You do I take trust take. all of
0: them. <laughs> Amanda Dobbins was saying as much. I, do, I don't know if I do, but this is a TikTok thing, which I'm clueless about. So speaking of TikTok things, mm-hmm. did you text Amanda at Swell Entertainment before, during, or after your screening of Minions, The Rise of Gru? Uh,
1: I did text her a screenshot to let her know I was in the theater watching it. <laughs> I texted her on the second, the story about how uh, Means has been shattering the box office records. She sent me back an emoji of a middle finger, and then <laughs> <laughs> I, followed, I followed that up by asking, if I book a last minute flight to LA just to take you to this movie so we can see it together, would you go? And her response was, depends, I've got a lot more important things to do, like pick up my dog's poop. <laughs>
0: That's pretty
1: good. So she has not seen it. That was my next question. Right. And yeah.
0: do, uh, why do you think she hates it this much? I know she's a purveyor of children's I don't know. entertainment. I would think it'd
1: be right up her alley, to be honest. Well, d- is she just disliking this? Let's analyze Swell right now. Let's okay. just take a break and do this. <laughs> Without her to defend herself. Good. Well,
0: <laughs> she's very small in stature. Is, <laughs> is she jealous of how much attention that these minions <laughs> get? Because she's a, <laughs>
1: influencer it's I a question wonder. we're going to have to ask her next time we have her on <laughs> it's is she jealous of the attention the minions get
0: and she also being small I don't know right right um, these are
1: stupid things my brain comes up I with I imagine her response would be I'd like to see Kevin or Bob create a YouTube channel with a following that I have that's right would probably be uh, what she would say there uh, Je- Stuart Bob and who's the other one <laughs> Kevin,
0: Kevin, yeah. Oh my god, I'm starting to learn because I watched ten minutes of the first Minions movie. I was like, all right, let me let's see how long I could do this. Put this on for ten minutes and figure. And like, I almost shut it off during the the title card where they're singing the Universal song because I was a, it's, as obnoxious. Like,
1: it's, but that's what the the whole thing is. It's just so yeah. stupid and funny. Well, I love
0: it. Once <laughs> they were. Once they were describing all of history as them serving the <laughs> worst world villains in history, yeah. right, up to, up until, like, of course, modern times where right. you, you wonder, oh, if they didn't go to the North Pole, would they have served Hitler? Is that what we're getting? You know, min- minions, the Gestapo years? <laughs> I don't want to think that much about it. Here. Yeah, like, what are we... Saying about the proper amount
1: I want to think about minions can be encapsulated in this one scene where Grew is resistant to them and they're outside his window as he's sleeping and it's pouring rain down on them and he finally opens up the window to let them in and we get a wide shot of them being all happy entering the window going into Grew's bedroom but the rain was just another minion holding a hose up and spraying them all (laughs) (laughs) so it's the three stooges which is what the big picture was (laughs) saying perfect.
0: (laughs) it's just which is the opposite of what i the joke i made of course uh three jewish men there but all right so look at despicable me wasn't the whole despicable me series i remember watching these movies once and under pain of death i couldn't reveal a plot point (laughs) i just i can't remember a single thing about any of the movies other than all of them being about the rise of groups so why is this any different
1: it's also <laughs> ironic that this is about the rise of Gru and it's a Minions movie, but the Minions aren't the main characters. It's Gru. It's Gru's movie. It's always been Gru's movie, though. Right, but qu- they- you would think the Minions movie would be would have them <laughs> as the centerpiece more so.
0: I don't get it. I guess they're just keeping the formula going because that the formula well, works. Why not? Look at the fucking money it's making. Jeez, Louise. Two hundred million something. We're getting there in a second. Uh, final questions uh twofold number 1 did you see someone who looks exactly like me go into Mr. Malcolm's list behind a flock <laughs> of old ladies because was that was you, Mike? that was me <laughs> I did go to the movies i just didn't go see minions the You're rise busting of busting my
1: chops about going to see a family movie while you go see Mr. <clears throat> Malcolm's list who was more
0: embarrassed sitting in the theater alone
1: probably equally so
0: <laughs> uh, how about um would the minions ever leave Gru
1: to serve Vecna? He'd probably uh, uh, give him that sense of humor and let him stop taking everything so damn seriously if they did. <laughs> <laughs> all right. No, I'm sorry. Final
0: question. Serious question. Yep. <laughs> uh, any Oscars implications here? None. Because...
1: Zero. There's no way. Despicable <laughs> This thing's going to make a zillion dollars, first of all. And the, the, mm-hmm. the story, the plot is just not that good. No. I mean, it's, you know, it's... Okay. I also find it ironic that it's not kids that are getting amped up to see this. It's this teen, and it's just turning, like, Alan Arkin into this teen heartthrob again. Because he's one of the main characters in this movie as well. Oh, my God. But, yeah, no. There's no way. 85 years old. There's no way. teen heartthrob. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So,
0: like... The first movie was a BAFTA nom. The second got two Oscar noms, including the Pharrell song. Those are probably, Despicable Me
1: movies you're talking about. yeah, Right.
0: Minions was a BAFTA nom. And then Despicable Th- uh, Me 3 was a Critics' Choice nom. So there is an awards history, just not all at the Oscars. So maybe you never know, but you're saying absolutely not.
1: I would be very surprised. And I think it's one of the, going to be a case where the money is probably the Oscar for this. Because look at the numbers that it's did. $109 three-day opening not even counting the fourth day for the July 4th holiday, but the three day opening is good for the largest animated opening since pre pandemic times when frozen two debuted, which well. also was on with movie responsible for almost ending Mike, Mike and Oscar, one of our biggest <laughs> fights. <laughs> yeah. It's the, the four day 4th of July opening, the domestic box office minions landed here was 129.2 million. That beats the old record for the highest four day 4th of July, uh, opening domestically which used to belong to transformers Dark of the moon which did 116 million this thing's gonna be i, I would think it's got to be on its way to a billion yeah it's 216 worldwide as a total Ugh.
0: right now after four days uh the final numbers it's so making 50 million dollars a day <laughs> we said we said a 325 domestic box office over under with a 900 million dollar worldwide over under what do you think? I said
1: I went conservative on that, too, when I picked those numbers. I mean, the, the domestic is it's going to blow 325 out of the water, I would think. It's probably on its way to 400, if not 450. Um, mm-hmm. I This has got to be a billion-dollar movie, no? Probably, because the last few
0: made that amount. Yeah. And if it's still memed uh, a few weeks from now and the kids don't get bored of it. But that's the question. Is this like a teenager thing? Is it really a teenager thing as
1: much as it's a little kid thing? Looks like it. I mean, there's definitely adult jokes, but I, I feel like if you watch any family comedy, there's adult jokes, you know what I mean? But this is 1970s music, though, right? Remade. A lot of it's remade. The soundtrack. Okay. Soundtrack's actually, it's not great, but I don't think it's that bad either. I know uh, uh, Needle Talk there, what's his name? Anthony Fantando, Santando? I can't remember his name, but he's a big uh, music critic on YouTube. He hated the soundtrack. I didn't think it was that bad. I keep coming up with more questions.
0: What do you think... <laughs> Swell would think of it if she watched it. Was is this going to grind her gears? Oh,
1: she would. She would hate it because I love it. <laughs> like, I think that's pretty easy to say, regardless of how she actually felt about it. All
0: right, let's go to Ca- California. We'll kidnap her. <laughs> we'll take her to minions. old school style. Oh my God, we're idiots. All right, Top Gun Maverick came in second. Uh, 25.8 million dollar three day, a 32 million dollar four day, it has gone over against both of our picks. Yeah, that 1.1 billion dollar over under that you had for the worldwide, and it's creeping towards the 600 million. Not creeping, it's it's gonna blow past it. Mm-hmm. 600 million dollar domestic over under, Top Gun Maverick, it just won't stop making money, and I don't think it's stopping anytime soon.
1: No so once again, this film lost only 12.8% of its audience from the previous weekend. It's the fourth highest sixth weekend gross in box office uh, domestic box office history. It beat out Titanic's sixth weekend gross back in 1998 for that uh, stature of being in fourth place there. In a much more serious note and relating it to Oscars, it's kind of weird how the relationship between Oscars and box office works, right? Because certain films come out and they flop at the box office and that's held against them for Oscars purposes, right? And then certain films come out and they do lower than expected at the box office, but they're propelled in Oscars standings because they want to get them more eyes on it through the box office. And then you have a film like Avengers Endgame comes out and it's Mm -hmm. expected to do... Bougie box office numbers, and it does. And then it's never taken seriously for an Oscar because, well, like I just said, for Minions, the money it made at the box office is its award. And then you have, on the other side of that spectrum, Top Gun Maverick, which I think because it is doing so well at the box office, it's going to be propelled into more Oscars conversation and be taken more seriously. So there's this fine line being walked. I know, you know, I mean, everyone except me said it was a best picture contender as it is. But don't you feel like it's being taken more seriously because of how long it's languished here at the box office and done so well and is setting this historic precedent here for itself? I hope so. I think it's worthy of this,
0: but I don't know what to actually think if it'll be relegated at the end of the season into the prize is its money category, because it could kind of it it could graduate to that level, couldn't it? Where we where we look at Top Gun and everybody is kind of sick of it. By hasn't it gone then. past that level?
1: Like if it was going to do that, right? I mean, I feel like we're we're back in 1997 right now. I, I, I think, this thing is doing numbers that yeah. are inexplicable.
0: I still think it's in this category of of where people are just kind of tickled pink that it's done so well. Mm. And I just I'm gauging this based on my Fourth of July family picnic conversations, Mike, mm. because. Every one that I had about movies with a family or a friend came down to Top Gun. And they they ultimately, they asked me how all these movies are. It's, it happens every picnic or everybody asked me like a half dozen movie reviews. Really for the sole reason of telling me their opinions on the movies. Right, of course. They really don't want to hear my review. <laughs> <laughs> I've learned this. So I usually just say, I, I kind of ask them about their opinions of movies. I just mm-hmm. let that be the <laughs> the end of the conversation. But whatever conversation I had, it, it kind of circled back to Top Gun when I was like, look it. See Top Gun. That's no. even even you will like this is basically what I said to every single person. Um <laughs> <laughs> even you <laughs> And your terrible movie taste will like no. It just, like, it just comes. You disgust to, me. I just get them around to these people telling me their opinions on movies, and I just like yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I get it. Uh, but no, I, I agreed with a lot of my family and friends.
1: But even them, they will like Top Gun Maverick. Gonna... Uh, the other end of how well Top Gun has been doing and is doing is kind of Elvis right now. It's four day, uh, July fourth gross. And it came in at 23.5 million domestically. It's up to 118.3 million worldwide, 71 to 46 domestic versus international growth. It's not the best news that Elvis lost more than 40% of its audience from its opening weekend to the second weekend, which was also its holiday, July 4th weekend. So I'm surprised this is going to wind
0: up being an under, and you picked the under, yeah. even though I think it's done better than people expected. So somehow we kind of were weird on this one i was weird in my estimation of it and it's gonna make money i think on that 86 million dollar budget if the budget (laughs) was in fact 200 million dollars it's gonna lose money but we don't know so one eight one eighteen as a total right now worldwide seems pretty good and and that'll probably top out around 175 200 million right but it's not gonna make 300 that that was your over under
1: Yeah, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't think so. It's probably and again, 40 percent, which probably can expect to lose at least another 40 percent next week. I'm surprised that it didn't have a better retention rate for the July 4th holiday weekend. Still, I think uh, I think a lot of the family uh, talk was was
0: positive on Elvis, the people who've seen it. And a lot Mm -hmm. of people saw it already. So that's a good sign for Elvis. You know, and it's getting positive word of mouth. And if that happened at the picnic, then yeah, more people will see it. Uh, Jurassic World Dominion, Mike, that was a $16 million three-day, uh, almost $20 million four-day. It has now achieved $831 million at the worldwide box office.
1: You had an over/under of 1.02 billion. Yeah. All right. Look, I mean, it's slowing down, right? It's still making over $3 million a day domestically, but there's a chance. That this doesn't get to a billion dollars, right? Well, you there's had a the, chance. I, 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 could be right. Mm-hmm. You had the three seventy
0: domestic over under. Yeah. So that is is looking like an over. Yeah. But I, I agree. The, yeah, it's still got to make. It's still got to make what one eighty? I can't do math. What is? What is yeah, one eighty, right? Uh, one ninety. One ninety to get to get get over one point oh two billion. Yeah.
1: Yeah. One ninety sounds right. One ninety million.
0: Yeah, does it. I we don't understand the momentum of the international box office, so this is hard to kind of figure out because it, it opened there earlier than it opened here, or opened overseas earlier than it opened here. I'm ready to prematurely call this a win for me. You may really need this one, like you're saying, <laughs> uh, just for your general psyche. But uh, no matter what, the Black Phone is performing better than anybody expected 77 million worldwide thus far a 12 million dollar three day a 14 million dollar four day what a hit for blum yeah we're gonna get a black phone too aren't we i know you don't want it but (laughs) those numbers yeah it seems like it but i guess you know listen to the end of our last episode if you want some you know talk on that but they're they might go second movie let's just say (laughs) (laughs) Lightyear does not seem to be performing as well this is a big under 188.8 188.8 million as a worldwide total up to 106 domestically it's performing much better here than it is overseas we had a 330 750 split domestic worldwide over-unders and how, how could we know we thought Lightyear was the most bankable you know the uh, name in animated entertainment and it turns out that the minions are we're idiots
1: yeah, I feel good about this, though, because there was a lot of talk from a lot of places that light year would be 800 million and that it would go higher, higher, higher. And I just I didn't see it being that. Big. I know I know I put 750 for the worldwide box office. so I'm not that far off, but I feel like there was a lot of smoke that people expected this to if, if I had opposed my numbers to them, they would have all said over. And I didn't feel that way.
0: We both picked the under on these yeah. numbers, but we needed to probably pick lower numbers to feel smart i would say because <laughs> i feel smart <laughs> mr malcolm's <laughs> listed a million in four days that's i'm just so how many times did you see it i saw it once
1: no you didn't
0: <laughs> i i saw it once but uh that's what i will tell people no I, I saw it once and i think people should see it i think it's anyway i'm gonna, I'm gonna review it at the end of the episode but uh thumbs up
1: for sure. Uh, everything Would you rather I'd... be on Mr. Malcolm's list or with Mrs. Harris going to Paris? Uh, Mr. Malcolm's list. Okay. For certain. <laughs> she just
0: seems like a manic character to me. I'm not sure that's going to work, but we'll, you know, we'll wait and see. I mean, you, you and my mom, you're taking my mother to that. Right, I really appreciate it. Yep. Because uh, I don't really want to go, so that you two are going to do that. And I, What do you I, mean I,
1: you don't really want? Who are you lying to?
0: I don't want to see <laughs> you her... love po- those types of movies. <laughs> I don't want to see Leslie Manville play a cockney, you know... What is, what, is, what is she playing? A nun? Oh, is she a nun? No, I don't think... I don't even remember what her... Isn't she a housekeeper? She didn't leave the clergy? She's a housekeeper, <laughs> I, I think. I think you're right. <laughs> she didn't leave the clergy for Louis Vuitton and Vera Wang? No? <laughs> everything everywhere all at once has crossed 91 million at the worldwide box office it's now a five dollar rental at home and it's still doing a half a million in theaters which is amazing by the way and it swept to get into some more awards news here it swept the hollywood critics association mid-season awards michael where it won everything except for lead actor best horror and most anticipated new film because Everything Everywhere All at Once won Best Indie Screenplay Director, both for the Daniels, Supporting Actress from Stephanie Sue, and Supporting Actor from Ki Hai Kwan, and then Lead Actress with Michelle Yeoh, uh, all of which
1: uh, built up to Best Picture at the HCA Midseason Awards. I'd say that's pretty proper for any movie we've gotten in the first half of 2022. That's been obviously the biggest story everything everywhere all at once and when you can say that for this little a24 film that's out done in at least in the awards sphere stuff that's been released from disney marvel and all these other big studios that's obviously a huge accomplishment is it going to have the legs to finish out the year with the kind of murderer's row it looks like we're shaping up to have here in q3 and q4 of 2022 Mm -hmm. in terms of oscars that's going to remain to remain to be seen but it's nice to see it get its shine right now Austin Bust, but, oh, Austin
0: Bust, or Austin <laughs> Butler of Elvis, one lead actor. Best horror went to Fresh, which is only going to be an Emmy eligible film, by the way. Um, okay. That heartwarming little story. Right. And uh, <laughs> the most anticipated film went to Nope, which I agree with. Which we've said, you know, two months ago they listened to
1: mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. Uh, we should be in that. I agree. That's that's where I land on it too. All right, let's, be in the HCI.
0: let's do a quickie final preview for Thor Love and Thunder. That's next weekend. It got its critics uh, reception kind of realized at the moment right now. 71% on 153 reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. A 62 Metascore, 7.3 out of 10 on IMDb. It's got its box office projections, Mike from at least box office pro saying 140 to 167 for its opening weekend and thor love and thunder got its final trailer uh featuring christian bale it's only a 90 second trailer an 80 second trailer uh did 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 you see this in theaters i saw it in theaters and i I watched it again this morning what did you
1: think of the reception here I didn't see it in theaters. I uh, 71 is a bit concerning for a Taika Waititi movie, for a Thor movie as well. But based on kind of the early word of mouth that we went over with how Thor was uh, received with its debut screening last episode, I guess that makes a little more sense. I am rooting so hard for Christian Bale. <laughs> Anything having to do with God and religion right now, with how the country has been going the last few... ever, I'm just so done with it, so... <laughs> All right. If well, there's a god killer, go. God. Uh,
0: David Ehrlich liked this movie. So what does that tell us? That yeah, tells us nothing. Yeah, how about that? IndieWire's David Ehrlich, the, the scourge of mainstream film criticism (laughs) who's been awesome of late my man you know he ends his review saying the mcu may still be looking for a new purpose by the time this movie ends but the mega franchise can take solace in the sense that thor has found some for himself that is a very positive review because it overcomes the overall mcu problem michael yeah that's positive but we've also had some not so positive all still come out right With every half-written joke, the creative stasis (laughs) settles in like a stale fart. This is the Rotten Tomatoes approved critic, Scott Tobias of The Reveal. It's beautiful. It's poetry. Crushing on his ex while protecting his own skin feels pretty superficial. It's a slight premise with weak stakes. That's from Hope Madden
1: of Mad Wolf. And you've had some issues, too, with how these trailers have kind of played out since the first one.
0: Look, I'm worried about sidelining the whole impetus for the project which was the mighty thor natalie portman and and i hear good things about valkyrie's character arc and and you got king valkyrie and tessa thompson's going to have a showcase so that's cool and i'm looking forward to it but where you know natalie portman was the whole impetus of the comic-con reveal there Mm -hmm. and this trailer just seems like it's a thor versus gore it's a hemsworth versus bale Finale? I'm just a little surprised, is all, because if that's the case, then they were just pandering all along. I'm I'm rooting for this movie. I'm hoping for it. The Christian Bale hook has got me. I'm 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 already thinking, is this a best supporting actor nod, or is this a best makeup and hair? Because he's looking scary as hell, and I cannot wait to see him chew up, you know, green screen scenery here. But. I'm a little worried about this story. And again, I just know Tyke has been a little hit and miss of very recently. Again, just
1: for me at the least. There's got to be... I mean, Natalie Portman, based on reports, was not thrilled with how Thor went for her, right, historically. And so when she came back on to do this movie... It was a bit of a surprise and everyone – the assumption was, oh, they must have promised her a big storyline or something huge for her character to make her want to come back. So there's got to be some kind of payoff for her.
0: The headlines of the recent articles on, on and interviews of Natalie Portman are strange too because it's like she's praising Taika for overshooting this and basically shooting – she's like half the movie got cut out. And is that a good mm. thing necessarily? Mm. Well, she's framing it in a, in, a, in a positive way because she's like – yeah, Taika, you know he gets the best stuff and he puts it in the movie. But he, you know, he shoots a lot and he gives his actors a lot of freedom, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So that's fun, I guess, if they edited it correctly. But I don't know. It's almost yeah. like a slight dig. I'm, yeah. I'm worried. I'm just, I'm really worried. We're seeing this tomorrow night. Or yeah, I don't know when you're seeing it. I'm seeing it tomorrow night myself, so I'm I'm rooting for it. I'm excited. Am I am I getting down on it in my own brain just so I can overperform in my own expectations and I can love it? Because a lot of our friends, Eric Weber, they say it's the best Thor movie ever, and they're really high on it. I don't know. I might we'll be see. negging myself. Yeah, we'll see. I wonder. Michael James Cameron, James Cameron <laughs> of Avatar and Titanic. He may not direct avatars four and five
1: (laughs) what do you think of this recent turn of events i think he did nothing but coffee and cocaine before this interview with empire magazine came out yeah he he came out swinging uh with this deep dive done by empire magazine whose next issue is going to feature a a deep dive into all things avatar 2 cameron told empire that his avatar sequel is going to clock in at a running time around three hours in length and then basically challenged all of us to meet him in the parking lot quote I don't want anybody whining about length when they sit and binge watch television for eight hours, Cameron told the magazine. I can almost write this part of the review, the agonizingly long three-hour movie, dot, dot, dot. It's like, give me a fucking break. I've watched my kids sit and do five one-hour episodes in a row. Here's the big social paradigm shift that has to happen. It's okay to get up and go pee.
0: Well, I guess one way of thinking of this is that he's matured because 30 years ago... (laughs) Thirty years ago, he wouldn't let Leo or Kate go to the bathroom during their water scenes on Titanic, <laughs> even if they were on psychedelics. Right, right. I'm, I'm at.
1: I'm clam chowder
0: infused psychedelics. I'm uh, paraphrasing and uh, just. I'm missing from informing all of you, but no, <laughs> he's actually encouraging the audience to go do pee-pee while they yeah. watch a collection of blue people in the water scenes in his three-hour <laughs> three movie. That makes me worry about the plot on, one, on the one hand. But on the other hand, like, is anybody really surprised that this movie is three hours? The first film in 2009 was two hours and 40 minutes. It became the biggest blockbuster of all time up to that moment before Avengers Endgame. And they greenlit four sequels at the same time that this auteur has spent the last 15 years preparing and shooting
1: and editing. Was it ever going to be under three hours? Of course not. No, but I also like that he immediately draws a parallel between TV and movies, and he's just, is he not aware that TV can be paused in 2022? (laughs) Like, it's okay to get up and pee because we have total control over what we're watching at home, and we don't in the movie theater? Does he, is that, and anyway, so Cameron. He doesn't get it. uh, Not not familiar with that idea, not at all compensating with this film for the first entry, having lost Best Picture to his ex-wife, then shouted at Internet Trolls. The trolls will have it that nobody gives a shit and they can't remember the character's name or one damn thing that happened in the movie, he says. Then they see the movie again and go, oh, okay, excuse me, let me just shut the fuck up right now. So I'm not worried about that.
0: I kind of like that. I like that he's going head to head with the criticism. Uh, go at him, Jim. Uh, you compromised and said they can have a pee pee break. Mm-hmm. And now yeah. you got to go back to full hard ass lunatic mode.
1: Give you an inch, but I will not give you a mile, viewer, who I need you to pay to see this movie badly. Uh, And then, yeah, the headline story. It was also revealed in this interview that he's not he may not be around to direct avatars four through three hundred and sixteen. So, of course, we cannot be surprised by this. I mean, he's got two
0: avatar two coming out this Christmas. He's in the middle of shooting three or at the end of it. shot, two and three back to back. Okay, so he's done shooting three. So it's all post on three right now. And he's about to finish or maybe he's seeing the finish line. And he doesn't want to go to another double movie shoot in the same world. I mean, we get this. The guy's done, like, these how many 10-year projects in a row or how many times in his career where he's taken, like, five to seven years and done something. This is the biggest project of his life, and it would make sense that after 15-plus years, he's probably done with it after the trilogy and can hand it off. That part of this, I don't blame him on, even though I'm sure – Disney's like, you know, we greenlit all five and financed all five for you, Jim Cameron. And yeah, he's trying to get out of it. I don't know.
1: There is some innovation to the idea that he's making a TV miniseries in movie form, and you could argue that the mcu did this as well but he doesn't have as as many st- this is like a one streamlined thing instead of all these different storylines converging in what the mcu is doing so what if this entire franchise
0: is giovanni ribisi versus blue people
1: is that the or whole fr- is that just, it just giovanni ribisi dancing like he does in ted <laughs> i would watch that more, I'm more inclined to want to spend money on that than Avatar 2 right now, to honest.
0: Talking like Kermit the Frog, like he does in The Offer. <laughs> he chose a gangster voice that is the funniest voice choice in the history of acting. <laughs> he talked like this. It's the most ridiculous voice I've ever seen, and it's nothing like the real character. Nothing like the real character that's immediately assassinated in The Irishman. <laughs> This guy <laughs> speaked, spoke normally, like a normal Italian guy from New York, and here he is, just
1: just absolute animal from The Muppet Show. Like going into that the shooting day of that, he's like, Giovanni, you ready for this? He's like, oh, I'm ready. I'm ready! <laughs> <laughs> I got something in store for you, <laughs> I make Mr. Director. Choices as an actor actor oh my god so yeah so yeah i'd rather see giovanni ribisi fight a teddy bear i i don't do you have any interest in avatar 2 i also think it's an interesting choice for the director who's on this two decade long project to like antagonize his audience look if if james
0: cameron was going to do the abyss 2 i'd still be interested i I don't care like if he's going to spend 15 years doing something that's supposed to be technologically innovative i've said this i think it's going to be technologically innovative i would be shocked if i go and watch this movie and it's just a normal big cartoon blockbuster i would be shocked i think he's gonna innovate the hell out of this it's going to be glorious to watch on the big screen if i'm wrong then you can laugh at me and you can laugh at me most of all. But I'm guessing, yes, I'm going to be into this, but I'm not into this because of the story and because of the Navi and the unobtainium. And even though I like Giovanni Ribisi and I'm a little scared that I love all these Scientologist actors so much,
1: Right. They are very good. They're
0: very good. What's her name? Uh, Elizabeth Moss. Elizabeth Moss, yeah. Tom Cruise, Giovanni Rubici. Just brilliant actors, the best <laughs> that we have. They're all Scientologists. God help us.
1: I, I, I don't mind him standing by his film, right? I, I don't appreciate the hypocrisy. Mm-hmm. Like, you're you're taking it to, you're trying to preempt Trolls. And for the length, the length of your movie, and how long it took to make, and look, well, man, I don't think nobody asked them. you to do it for over fifteen years, right? Yeah, he's attacking the trolls. I mean, he's a, this is stuff is
0: out there. I mean, I'm sure he's hearing it.
1: But nobody asked him to be like, hey, can you take a decade and a half off in between sequels? <laughs> he, right? He like... was making the sequels for a decade and a half. <laughs> okay. He didn't take it off. <laughs> But still, I I don't buy that He he wasn't fucking shooting boyhood over here Where he needed the actors to age in real time (laughs) He he was developing Four $200 million movies He was making the technology Like Steve Jobs was making the iPhone
0: He's done it before (laughs) Like he made the technology for previous films Like him and George Lucas They've done like the same thing I don't know, maybe he's sitting in his billion dollar home I don't know what he's doing Maybe he's diving in the deep sea Didn't he do that for a while? Didn't South Park episode
1: yeah, did, chronicle actually. this? Yeah. <laughs> but, like, you don't need to do these things.
0: Maybe, maybe you're right. A
1: movie, if you want to make a movie,
0: I uh, I think that criticism is a little simplistic. That's all, that's just me. I'll just fight James movie. Cameron is what I'm saying. <laughs> He would fight dirty, is my guess. Him and David O. Russell probably
1: kick my ass, too. uh,
0: I'm sure they they have like this training. Rips off his shirt, and he's got like a 17 pack. There's these pecs there. You don't get to that level without just doing more than Tybo, (laughs) is my guess. Anyway, <laughs> show up to the battleground and he's just finishing off a human leg. <laughs> Speaking of more than Taibo, Mission yeah. Impossible 2, Dead Reckoning Part 1. We've now come to fully realize that, yes, it's all real. Michael, it's Tom complex. Cruise. There, A picture was released from Christopher McQuarrie's account on Instagram with Tom Cruise dangling horizontally with no noticeable cords of any kind, or even a, a bulky suit where it looked like he had a parachute on. He's dangling horizontally, holding on to a inverted World War II plane in midair. This is Tom Cruise. And we've realized that it brought back all the other stories that somehow you and I both missed, where yes, apparently he did do that real stunt where he drove off a mountain on a motorcycle.
1: That's not surprising at all, based on how it looked. That's it looked real. Too real to be fake.
0: It's all real. That's what we've learned over the Fourth of July holiday. At least what I learned when I'm, you know, s- scrolling Twitter. The Mission Impossible two or Mission Impossible seven stuff is all real.
1: I mean, stunt workers have to hate Tom Cruise, don't they? Just upstages them after a career of their own. Yeah, he's taking their jobs, and he makes other actors that work with him do stunts as well. What is he going to do in space? What is he going <laughs> to do in space? That's all I don't want to know. He actually walks on the moon in Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning 2. He might do whatever the hell he wants is what I think. I'm so uh, afraid. Evil Knievel would have been an A-list superstar Hollywood star at this point, right? He's got to be furious. If
0: Evil Knievel was a Hollywood A-lister, Tom Cruise. (laughs) This guy is nuts. He's in his sixties. He's he turned sixty, and that's I I guess it was coordinated with his birthday. That his you know best director friend buddy. It's like this is this is what sixty looks like, or whatever. My God,
1: my God. I remember when my parents turned sixty, and they're not jumping off mountains. No, nobody should. It's crazy, unbelievable. It's crazy. I, I don't. I don't have any. I don't know. I mean, the the more we talk about this guy, the more insane stuff he does. The the less I have words for. Him. I don't know. I he's nuts, completely nuts. And I just hope he's
0: safe. Des- That's all I hope. Describing the motorcycle stunt and the preparations therein, and he's like, I had to remain disciplined because I needed the bike to get clear, of me so that the chute wouldn't have any chance of getting tangled with the bike because that wouldn't have ended well.
1: Yeah, no, I would say not. Usually, bike versus parachute, I'd say motorcycle probably wins a hundred times out of a hundred there. But he's also, like,
0: not that high, so he still had to, you know, enact... He had, like, a a window of seconds to get it right. Otherwise, he's... How
1: does he... How do you even... You can't practice those jumps, right? I don't know, man. I don't know. You can't. No, of course you can't practice. Like you have it. to have an expert on set obviously that walks you through it, but it's not like you can attach yourself to the expert for a practice run to Mike, make sure everything goes okay. How many experts would you feel comfortable <laughs> with
0: driving Tom a Only motorcycle Tom off a mountain, getting ready for that stunt? How the <laughs> experts don't matter. You you got to do it yourself. What if
1: you choke? You're dead crazy yeah the man is nuts uh we could wrap up here talking about a couple uh tv picks that you've gone through with me season now upon us michael
0: yeah hack season two really funny better than season one uh i think gene smart hannah einbender they should win all the awards and like the best thing about hack season two were the guest stars jane adams Susie essman of curb ming na wen and laurie metcalf just stole all the scenes they were in it's just good. hysterical. So watch Hacks. It's probably an easy binge, seasons one and two on HBO Max there. Uh, I did The Offer, which I've reviewed a couple times, just really satisfying. And after watching the Robert Evans doc, Matthew Good's impersonation is just brilliant. Uh, oh, good. I will say, I'll finally criticize it a little bit, and I'll say the Miles Teller character is the main character. It's like a Brian May, Queen, Bo Rap thing going on there. It's just a white knight the entire series, but that's based on the creator of the you know it's based on Al Ruddy so it's you know the he's the one greenlighting the entire project and i think my brother my brother had the best review of this he's like wow paramount's really sucking its own dick on this property <laughs> <laughs> my brother did not. He's right. So the offer is definitely
1: <laughs> for. Uh, they're waxing poetic about themselves, but that's for
0: sure. We both say, like, we got to watch all these 1960s and 70s movies now. We both say it. So mm-hmm. that's the offer. I did watch Stranger Things season four, volumes one and two. Have you watched this yet, Michael?
1: So here's the thing with Stranger Things <laughs> and me. I watched season one when it came out, mm-hmm. I didn't get the hype. I was like, this is fine. I don't think it's like earth shattering, but well, the more I see, the sci-fi is not great. That's the whole thing. Like I love
0: the characters, but the sci-fi is not great in any of the shows. Correct, any of the seasons.
1: The well, horror, right? Well, I've only seen I've only seen one. I, I think I watched the first couple episodes of two, but I just gave up on it. But seeing a couple scenes from three and seeing the running up that hill scene, which I did from four, which is all over TikTok and. YouTube, which I didn't understand Netflix doing at first, but now I, I get it because it's hundred percent worked on me. I'm gonna get to it. So I tell but you, no, I've not watched it yet.
0: I love the the redheaded girl, I forget her name. I love Sam? that
1: Sam, isn't it? Sam?
0: Sam. I love that storyline. I love the Winona and Friends plot line and the Hopper stuff. That's great. Mm-hmm. I'm a little let down with the rest of it. I gotta be honest. Oh, you didn't like it? I did not like a lot of it. And it's a wow. lot of it is just too much sci-fi horror which the duffer brothers are not good at i want more hangout time and i got some of that like the sisterhood stuff from this season is really fun i love certain characters who've never been friends before becoming friends i love the new characters is it max or sam max yeah i think it's max we don't know shit we're idiots um by by we i mean me (laughs) but look at i think stranger things should be more of a hangout show and in the past it's been that and it got really sappy this season i know i'm worried about you know they gotta just just get over themselves and do the hangout thing that's where you're best it's the goonies and the best part about the goonies is not the pirate ship stuff it's, it's the evil the thing off <laughs> <laughs> you are not allowed to, to besmirch the name of the Goonies. But the Goonies is fun when it's older brother, younger brother stuff, and it's a group of friends stuff. That's what it's fun, I think. And when it's any other movie. Yeah, I agree. Uh, speaking of characters I don't like, I got to go on the record. This hurts. It hurts me, too. It hurts me to say it. But if I'm going to do one of these you know, movie review, series review bundles, I got to say what I'm up and down about, and I'm down about Barry Season 3. I was just not a fan of the season at, at all. It was overacting the entire time from Hader uh, and, uh, and and Sally's character there. And it just poisons the entire season, Ugh. as does the fact that I despise these two lead characters now. So that's like the shocking twist after... Well, they've never been good guys. No, of course not. But still, you you have enough, enough to empathize with and... I love Hank and I love Ball and I'll root for them forever, but we don't get enough of their characters throughout this season. So as far as I'm concerned, beyond those two supporting characters, everybody else can kick rocks.
1: I just despise uh, most of the characters on the show now, which is shocking so sad. to me because uh, I thought season I haven't watched season three yet. I thought season two was awesome. the best acted show I saw loved it between Hader and uh, Henry Winkler. Loved it. They kind of manically
0: flashed forward, and then they stayed there. And then you don't know who these characters have become, and they just feel like they're numb. They they got to find themselves again, and there's just a risk when you do that. So I don't think it paid off. I think they really struggled this season. Did they come back to themselves by the end of it? I guess we'll find out. They're getting a season four, I think, which is kind of shocking because it ends in a spot where it could just end. I don't know. Interesting.
1: Well, season we know Stranger Things, guys. One last season coming on the horizon. It'll be the finale. Anyway, Barry,
0: I was surprised. Uh, let's get into the important stuff, though. Mr. Malcolm's List. <laughs> what is this movie? <laughs> <laughs> it's a Fifi movie. It's the maximum level of Fifi. Uh, it's very cute. It's almost too cute. Uh, I, I Look, I love the characters. Sope Dorisu, uh, we praised him for his... What was that horror movie on Netflix? Anyway, Frida Pinto, his Theo, house. His house. Frida yeah. Pinto, Theo James, Oliver Jackson Cohen, Zawe Ashton love this cast and they're all these they're all playing these adorable characters that are not very complicated. <laughs> Especially when, What is the movie about? It's a it's a fifi they go from one tea tea party to the next. That's the whole movie. It's one tea party <laughs> for what purpose to the next one, and they're all just trying to get married. It's it's complete melodrama. It's not exactly David Mamet level. This plot sounds com. like
1: a movie I would write to make fun of the movies you love. It's it's Downton Abbey, but with less stake, with far less
0: stakes. There no are stakes. no stakes there's in no, Downton Abbey. You're right. There's no stakes here. There's none. <laughs> zero. Less than zero. And all that's in at stake Oop, is she's dead. Moving on. A character's pride. <laughs> Oh, the rankled, the pride. But, yeah, it's it's enjoyable to watch from start to finish. Every scene is gorgeous, and I love these characters, and I'll watch it again with my mother at some point because also mom would love this movie. It's silly, fifi, happy tea party the whole time, and I'm embarrassed having saw it by myself, but we all walked out of the movie theater, me and the gaggle of old hens with smiles on our
1: <laughs> silly faces. would you prefer mr malcolm's list or phantom of the open
0: (laughs) phantom of the open again everybody loved this movie and i wonder if my expectations were just too high but this is mark rylance and sally hawkins i did not like this movie maybe it's just a sports movie thing and you and i just know way too much about sports but Mm. this is a true story that they made seem like so far-fetched like i couldn't believe a thing in this movie To the point where the flashbacks are with 62 non-de-aged Mark Rylance in him, 62-year-old, and he's supposed to be like 20, 30. It just looks absurd. He's like the most—God bless him. He has the most wrinkled face of all the wrinkled faces ever. He's like the Maggie Smith of gorgeously old wrinkled faces.
1: This has not been the most positive set of reviews you've ever done.
0: He's Jacob Marley, and he's supposed to be playing this freaking 20-year-old actor follow it with a meet cute with his future wife it makes no sense and then you just got these preposterous scenes where he doesn't know shit about golf and he wants to be a golfer <laughs> why yeah i want to fly a plane yeah it's the ridiculous. <laughs> red- and then everybody just like yeah go be a golfer <laughs> this is a adorable heartwarming story about he this he has support idiot. following
1: his dreams those morons
0: this idiot goes pursues his dreams for no good reason and it's just I'm shocked that everybody who loved him in his life allowed him to do this. Completely irresponsible.
1: I'm cutting you off there.
0: (laughs) Mike, I watched Chris Hemsworth in Spiderhead. I will say that, like, very high concept. The best thing about this movie is to watch Chris Hemsworth play this, you know, Oscar Isaac from Ex Machina type character. So he's really charismatic. He's really fun. And he's, you know, just this... He's an idiot, but he's obviously the smartest man alive. So he's going mano-a-mano with Miles Teller and Journey Smollett. It's a Joseph Krasinski movie. He just did Top Gun. So he's at the peak of his powers here. So there's a lot of good scenes. It's just, I don't know, the story kind of fails. It's just like this Island of Dr. Moreau strange concept thing, high concept about drug trials or whatever. It's really weird. Was it better than uh, the M. Night Shyamalan movie? Yes, it was better than old. <laughs> <laughs> good. Just not saying much. Otherwise, <laughs> that's I that's wa- the bar. I watched a bunch of like these contenders for best TV movie at the Emmys. I watched the Fallout, which was really good. Jenna Ortega, Maddie Ziegler. I almost started that after we reviewed Scream back in uh, the the winter here. HBO Max. Quite the contrast between all the normal kids stuff and then the traumatic incident they survived and how they cope with that so you would think this would be a hard watch or a boring watch because the kids are like just they spend most of this movie in a stupor after surviving the school shooting but it's it's really it's really the word is poignant i shouldn't use that word because mm-hmm. I don't want to be like every other film critic in the world, but it is a poignant juxtaposition because they're trying to do all the normal kid stuff, but they can't, and they run up against this wall with the trauma every single time they try to fall back into their own, li- uh, you know, their old normal lives, and it, it's really quite the test case here. I would say um, I, I was very intrigued, and th- these two actresses got a lot of potential: Ortega and Ziegler. I watched the Survivor. Ben Foster and Vicky Krapes, another pair of great performances, but behind too much makeup. Like, Ben Foster's... Yeah, you don't like when there's too much makeup going on. What the hell are they doing? Just just have Ben Foster do it. Anyway, a Holocaust (laughs) story, which is disturbing and as violent as anything you'll ever see, so be careful, beware, but some great performances and one hell of a true story, Danny DeVito, Billy Magnuson, John Leguizamo, Barry Levinson quite the uh, CV here of people involved. Um, otherwise, like they're going against some strange movies in that category, Michael. TV movie at the Emmys. This is
1: the uh, quick breakdown of the best TV movie emmy category so these are projected nominees as we don't have the emmy noms yet this is from marcus jones of IndieWire. his list is Chippendale rescue rangers uh <laughs> that should win everything never mind that should win oscars never mind just emmys i want you back which is a rom-com on amazon prime that's with jenny slate and charlie day that got high marks from everyone it was good. Who watched on film twitter it was good yeah, I, w- I watched like it back like okay. months ago but yeah it was fine the Survivor is on there, like we just discussed. The Fallout is on there, and The House, which is the stop motion film from an animated film from Netflix. The House is brutally severe in you terms. You didn't like it. I did not like it, but it's, I remember the review.
0: It's yeah. really twisted for an animated film. The Fallout has the heaviest subject matter, maybe second only to The Survivor. And how do you put them in a category? And this Marcus Jones might be right. Exactly right. But how do you put them in a category with our silly rom-com, which is completely silly and funny, I
1: mm-hmm. Want You
0: Back, very light, and then Chip and Dale, which is an animated film by the Lonely Island guys, which is just this silly nostalgia play that they actually make into kind of a fun little treatise on
1: sequel-itis, I guess. Which actually took forever to get made, if you uh, research the production story of Chip and Dale Rescue, it took like a decade for that movie to get made.
0: It's a fun movie, and if you got any connection to the cartoon growing up, you- you'll love it. They did. They do really pay homage in, in, in a fun way. And these movies are going against like Fresh, which is like as effed up a horror movie as you'll ever see with Daisy Edgar Jones and Sebastian Stan. I saw it Sundance, reviewed it then. Ray Donovan's got a movie or Donovan. I don't know the correct pronunciation there. Schreiber. And then the sky is everywhere, which is like another rom This They have to have more categories at the Emmys. This is ridiculous that these five movies are competing against one another.
1: Well, it's not a movie show, Mike. <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway, next year we're gonna have good luck to you, Leo. Grand Prey and all these Hulu movies. Fire Island was the last movie I saw, which is funny as hell. Freaking Bo and Yang. I love. He's a superstar in the making, man. I just like snorted. I never snorted out beer before out of my nose. <laughs> But like, like mid swig, I'm like snorting out beer because he's such. He he pisses me off so much. He makes me laugh so hard. Uh, So damn him for that.
1: It was funny. Fire Island. Love Bowen Yang, Margaret Cho, and that as well. That's another one I wanted to get to. I haven't gotten anything because I finished Mad Men and I picked up Better Call Saul. Why would you do? You, I'm just
0: yeah. You see, you're in this like AMC mode. Do you have
1: AMC Plus or is this on Netflix? We're, so we're, Better Call Saul is on Netflix. I didn't realize it, it wasn't over. I thought it just had its last season. That's why I started it, but it's not over yet. Um, I was distraught when I finished Mad Men. I wanted—I just wanted John Hammond, anything to I, be put into my veins. I am in love with that man. Right. So I'm like Flow from Progressive. But you haven't seen nobody yet. You still haven't seen it. Of course not. No, I don't watch. So movies. you're addicted. <laughs> you're addicted <laughs> to serialized television. That's it. Right yeah, I have been for this year. Twenty twenty two has
0: been a big T V. But opening. you're going to why. the movies, but you right. won't watch movies at home. Is that what Correct. is that what happened what what happened? Dune here? ruined it for me. I'm after Dune, I'm done. But you shouldn't have watched Dune at home. That's your problem. That's your fault. That's fine. <laughs> they let you watch Dune at home. It's like somebody lets you eat an entire cake <laughs> and you ate the cake. Right. And now you're yeah. like, I'm done with sugar. I'm done with yeah. cake. I'm out I'm out on cake.
1: Pies only. <laughs> But you didn't have to eat the whole cake. You didn't have to do it. Well, you don't have to do a lot of things, but if given the opportunity, you got to try something <laughs> once in a while, you know? I'm glad. I'm glad we finished <laughs> this episode with such <laughs> an epiphany. <laughs> guys as always what matters most to us are your thoughts have you watched any of these TV movies did you see any of the uh, the new trailers that dropped the contender trailers what are your thoughts on Minions Mania uh, as well as what's going on with the Beefas Awards you can leave us your thoughts comments questions and concerns on those as well as anything else uh, we do here and we cover here in the MMO Empire leave us all that on our social medias we are Mike Mike and Oscar on Facebook and Instagram at MM and Oscar on Twitter Mike Mike and Oscar at gmail.com dot com and on Reddit we are available wherever you do hear podcasts. If you're listening to us right now on either the Apple Podcast app or the Spotify app, if you appreciate what we do, if you had a couple laughs, if you wouldn't mind leaving us a five-star review, would we'll take a couple seconds of your time and make our entire day. We really appreciate everyone who has done that for us thus far. They help us out a ton. Michael, uh, you already kind of previewed what's coming next. Thor is on the horizon, so let's uh, talk about that and let's have some words of wisdom to end on.
0: Yeah, Thor, Love and Thunder, nope. We'll probably do another Oscar race checkpoint and maybe an Emmy race checkpoint when those Emmy noms come out. I think that's in two weeks. Anyway, we're not an Emmy show necessarily, but we will cover one day it. a year. Yeah, one day a year we'll do the Emmy Noms or two days a year. We'll do the Emmy Noms, do something there, and then we'll do the Emmys Award show. Recap. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Mike, Mike, and Emmy. <laughs> Many series. Uh otherwise Emmy. <laughs> words of wisdom, and I think this is important because you've compelled mm-hmm. me to think a lot of things over okay. your time in this show. I know I've cracked you up a few times, and I appreciate the callbacks to that this, this episode. But you've actually, uh, you've influenced me. Let's say, oh boy, you did not convince me to be any less wary of the gentle minions in this episode. Like I, I asked you to explain. My to me.
1: biggest concern mm-hmm. with you—you you watched all these things and you didn't see minions. I've never seen the Minions, and I don't remember the Despicable Me movies. Are you afraid you're not going to catch the plot? What does that mean? I'm
0: pretty <laughs> sure I saw the movies, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure I've seen the Despicable Me films. I'm really not sure. I can't tell it you. It doesn't
1: matter. Well, They're Minions.
0: I-, I know for a fact I haven't watched Minions 1 from 2015, so am I allowed to They're see Minions They're
1: learning 2? Kung Fu at one point. And there's a there's a kung fu learning montage with the three minions, and Michelle Yeoh's character is the kung fu master they're learning from. And she turns and says, "You're ready." And they just sprint out of the dojo. And she says, "Wait, I was going to say you're you ready to take your junior achievement badges?" It's pretty funny. It's great. I'm not going to
0: lie, that's pretty funny. Um, I just don't know whether or not we should trust the TikTok memeage of this. And like, do you? Do you say the gentle minions are friend, or do you say they are foe? I know you said they were friend, but you didn't convince me. I don't I trust
1: any teenager in a suit. <laughs> I'll say that. Exactly. I yeah. don't trust any of them for any reason. I'll show up in a suit. You want someone to show All right, I trust me in a suit. <laughs> they, I should have minions. They mosh pit with all the minion-dressed <laughs>
0: cosplayers. They mosh
1: pit.
0: The kids are mosh pitting. At a kid's movie. At a tiny children's movie, not like a normal kids movie, not like, you know, twelve-year-olds are all going to see a Pixar film. No, this is like four-year-olds. Universal four-year-olds and you—that's the market for this film. And <laughs> and
1: Universal's laughing their way to the bank. Yeah, all these teenagers are are jumping in and, and tackling each other at the front of the theater. Eighty million dollar budget, Mike. It's already made almost three x. Yeah. In four days. Yeah. By, de- by day five, they'll be in, they'll be in the black. They should greenlit. I mean, never mind Avatar getting seventeen sequels.
0: <laughs> every movie should just be a, you know, a different way to say the rise of Gru.
1: Let me tell you, if a minion shows up in Amsterdam, uh, that, that's stop everything. Give it, give it best picture. Give it this year's best picture. Give it next year's best picture. There should be minions in every film, yeah. especially from Universal. How
0: is there not a Minion theme park? Oh. Is, it, is it is it Universal? There's got to be a ride
1: in Universal.
0: There's got to be. Like they Let us know if you know that. They have a Universal Studios set of theme parks and it's all right. been Harry Potter stuff. How is it not Minion stuff? What are they idiots? Which is weird because isn't Harry Potter a, a Warner Brothers property? I don't know what I'm talking about with theme parks. Maybe you're exactly right and I don't know what. The no, I think in the
1: you're parks. right though. I think it's in Universal. Is it? I don't know. I'm, we need I'm some so clarification confused. on that.
0: I'm so confused. There should be a Minions.
1: If there was a Minions theme park, I'd live there. There's a Wizarding World theme park somewhere. Is it Universal Yeah, I think Studios? it's in Universal. I think it's in Universal, but Harry Potter, that must have been a, uh, a studio deal there. Why? Harry Potter's definitely a WB property. Why isn't the Wizarding World at Six
0: Flags, or is that just DC connected? This is the stuff we have, blind spots,
1: my friend. (laughs) We know the Academy, though. Minions, gentle minions. Filing taxes, how to prepare a meal, keeping up a home. These things we are not concerned with.
0: (laughs) You're right. We we have our pros and cons to to our character.
1: Guys... When reality sucks, you can come Minionize with us. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar trying to make award season year-round. Without the stuffiness, we will see you all very soon. See ya.